the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Pastor Scott Show, hour two of our show. We're on each and every day from 3 to 5. The number is 888-528-2557. Well, we're not on the weekends from 3 to 5, but you can always get the podcast and listen whenever you want. Just look for the Pastor Scott Show wherever you get your podcast. Click subscribe and you won't miss a show. The number again is 888-528-2557 if you want to join the conversation. You know, there are a lot of conversation today that is good conversation, but I think needs to be followed up with a plan somehow is the idea that we don't trust our institutions like we used to. And that includes the church, by the way, people's opinion of the church, people's opinions of schools, government, science, whatever you want to say. We are in a time when there is mistrust of people in authority, something that's been seen at different times in history. You know, I, I feel like, you know, we have we have this election coming up, right? And every time we have an election, you hear all these people, this is the most important election in our, you know, ever in the history of the universe. Well, you know, at some point, some election will be probably the most important one, but we won't know till after it's over. And maybe in some cases, uh, we've had a lot of those already, and maybe we picked well. And that's why, you know, we don't really know about that. Uh, there's always that kind of doomsday thing. What I would, I want us to do, and this is true if we are discouraged about the church or about schools, about government, about whatever it is, we cannot give up. The reason that we can't give up is that we live in a time when there's nowhere else to go. See, people, the history of human beings is that they do give up. Eventually, their their institutions break down. Eventually, you have a breakdown of every kind of thing in society, and then what happens is one other group of people that is rising in their power and strength and intellect and science or whatever they've got, or military most of the time, takes over the other group that's in breakdown. And that happens. So you have empires rise and empires fall. And you see this all throughout history. But you also see people leave wherever they're going to go somewhere else. And the problem today is that there's not a lot of land to be discovered. You know, maybe one day you'll get to go to the moon and live there. Or you're going to go to Mars with Elon Musk and live there. You know, but that, I think, is a long way away um, for that being an actual option if that's something you actually wanted to do. It used to be you got in a boat and you went to some other land somewhere and you you moved there. And uh, that's what you did. And you set up a new government. You set up a new system. Today, we don't have that. And today, if you give up, there is no other place to go. There's no boat to get into. There's no nothing to do. Uh, the United States is still the best place to go in the world. The reason we have an immigration problem, the reason why we have a border problem is because people are coming here. I read that the people who are coming up over our border illegally right now are coming from 168 different countries. There's only 200 and something different countries. There are people coming from everywhere to come to the United States. So 
if you're thinking about our country and the values that we have, we're still the light of liberty throughout the world. There's no other country. You know, people aren't sneaking into China. They're not sneaking into Russia. They're not sneaking into most other places. They are coming here. This is still the goal. And the problem is, is that internally, if you're watching, you kind of wonder, will we be able to maintain that? What happens if we lose all of that? What happens if people decide that is not who we are really? Now, I know that some of you uh, have given up on our country, but don't. Look around the world. This is still uh, a great place. Now, at the end of the day, I also think, and by the way, this is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557. We are, um, I think scripturally there is a place, and this isn't to lose hope. It's just a reading of what's going to happen because we're in the Lord's hands, and the Lord has a plan that ultimately will bring about the return of Christ. And uh, every knee shall bow, every tongue will confess that he is Lord, that day is coming. And most people, I think, who read through the scriptures think that it's going to be dark days before that happens, before the Lord returns. There will be great tribulation, there will be uh, tyranny, all of that. And that means the United States is um, probably not there. Most people don't think we're in prophecy. It's really hard to find the United States, unless we're the bad guy, then you don't have us. We either don't exist or we're not important uh, we don't make an impact like we would today. It doesn't seem like and that day's coming. So I don't want to pretend that day's not coming. But I also think we should keep in mind that that day might not be for hundreds of years. That there might be some other society that rises up from the ashes of things. I don't. I guess what I'm saying is I don't like giving up. Don't give up, and especially on our faith. So I want to ask this question. And I'm going to put it in a context of something I read in the L.A. Times uh, Friday. How are we doing as the church? If, you, if you're a person who feels like the institution of church, I don't mean your specific uh, building, you know, wherever you go, but just Christian church in general, that it has struggled and it's not as influential as it used to be. I think most people would agree with that. How do we do that again in a right way? Or maybe it's schools with you. See, the I'm a definite person person who thinks that you need to pay very close attention to what's happening with your kid in the public school system or even some private schools, right? That homeschooling should be an option for you if you can do it. That private school should be an option for you if you can do it. That educating your kids matters. And that's because of the institution of schools, I think, is in great jeopardy. I think that we have moved to a place where what we are about is graduation, but not education. Right? That we're in a place where the numbers just can't, the numbers don't lie. People don't know their math. They don't know their English. They, and that's going to leave us in a place where we can't even compete with other countries. There's, there's real life out there that education matters. And if we, are continue to go down the road of graduating and graduating more and more kids who can't read, who can't do English, who can't do math, who can't do some basic skills in life. We are going to suffer as a country. That's just, I think we're already seeing that, right? We're already dealing with that. Uh, that is because we seem to be interested in graduation more than education. You can be super educated and not graduate, or you can graduate and not be educated. Now, a lot of people graduate, and they're very educated. A lot of you are very educated people. Uh, and you went through public schools, and you even went through it in uh, this darker time. And, you know, it's there. There's education that is there, and you can do it. But it's also possible to just sort of skip it and get pushed along. That needs to end. And the trust that we have in the public schools is gone. I think, and for good reason. 
It's not educating. It's very highly political. The argument that we're having with uh, parental rights and things like that is showing us something. We all got a wake-up call during the COVID when we got to be in our kids' class and see what happens. Government. We have the highest level of mistrust in government. And, you know, you've got reason for that. We've got, you know, I'm concerned about this, like, moving forward. With the details aside, we'll probably uh, see President Biden get impeached. We saw President Trump get impeached twice. Then we had no impeachment of Obama-Bush, but we had impeachment of Clinton. We don't see that. And we saw the Nixon thing uh, 30 years before that or 20 years before that, his resignation. He would have been impeached probably, and he would have been removed from office had that happened, I think, in that case. Before that, you've got probably an impeachment would have happened of uh, William of, of President Harding, but he died before that happened in office. And uh, before that, you got Andrew Johnson. But the scandals, I think, whether they're true or not, that's not what we're talking about. But there's an awful lot going on now that we didn't used to have. We have you know a senator right now being accused of uh, getting bribes and gold bars and all of that. And I think it tears, continues to tear things down of who we are. How do we get this back? I think it matters. The reason I'm talking about it is there was an article in the LA Times um, that was last Friday, and it was in the opinion section written by a guy named Peter Hodetz, Hodetz, something like that, H-O-T-E-Z. How do you say that? I don't know. Um, The title is, Scientists Have Become Sitting Ducks. We Need Leaders to Step Up and Defend Us. And in a lot of ways, what this article is about is how we don't trust science and the institution of it. If there's an institution of science, I don't know that that's even the right way to say it. But there has been so much damage, particularly over the last few years in the COVID in that era area that he is lamenting this. And he is saying, hey, we it's a bad thing if we cannot trust the scientists in our country. And I would agree that is a bad thing if that's happening. And yet it's a real thing. He wrote this. He said, nearly a century ago, when the global dominance in scientific research began shifting to the United States from Europe, our nation built an empire firmly grounded in the natural sciences. America's research universities and institutes flourished and provided the discoveries leading to the Manhattan Project, Silicon Valley's tech industry, NASA and space exploration, vaccines to fight polio and other global infections, and new treatments for cancer, Alzheimer's disease, diabetes, and depression. And that's true. And America has been incredible. And American science has been incredible. I mean, we put people on the moon. Now, there's 3% of you who apparently don't believe that anymore, but we did. And that's another part of the problem is that number, that 3%, it's not like it's down from 10%. Now it's 3%. Uh, it's 3% down, you know, up from almost zero. That's, that's part of the mistrust, right? The part of the, hey, you know what, the, the idea that that was all faked, that's crazy, right? Well, maybe not. See, that's where we are here. And you shouldn't be there. There's all kinds of evidence and reason to believe that. And, and, Part of the problem is, is if we can't trust the things that have happened, and if we cannot ultimately trust science to the best of our ability to trust it and to understand that sometimes science is wrong and that the reason for science is to keep investigating and to keep questioning and that true science is going to question things, even things that are seemingly widely accepted, you keep investigating because things change. I wonder 100 years from now, what kinds of things are we going to think? They used to think that the purpose of the brain in the human body was to cool the blood. 
But that's what the brain did before there was understanding of the neurological systems, right? We used to have no understanding of of germ theory and why you ought to wash your hands before you do surgery on somebody. Um, I think it's President uh, Garfield or McKinley, one of those two who were assassinated. The story is, is that the doctor who, I think it was Garfield, had said, I'm not going to wash my hands, that it's actually better if I treat his bullet wound with dirty hands because the dirt on my hands will help uh, make the wound heal faster. That was the idea. And other scientists at the time were saying, no, I think that you should wash your hands. And he thought, no. And it wasn't really understood. People think he would have lived had uh, this doctor taken other advice. Well, obviously, today we think that's crazy. But we didn't 100 years ago. I mean, what are we going to think 100 years from now? That's okay. That's science. That's understanding things. And we're never going to understand everything there is to understand. But here's something that I found interesting about the article. And this troubles me a lot. And for all of us, I think we want to make sure that we're truthful and reasonable as best as we can in a time, especially when people are not very reasonable and often not very truthful and often driven by agenda rather than what is true. And we cannot separate school or government or science away from that. And we got to be careful in our own faith to make sure that what we're talking about is the biblical idea that God created the world, God created human beings in his image, that there is a a fall, that's why we do not have perfection, that's why we have death and sickness and sadness and all of the different things, that there is a Savior that was promised thousands of years ago, that God gave his word to Moses, who who, uh, brought Israel together as uh, a people who presented and maintained the word of God so that we would know there would be a Savior. That Savior comes on the scene. His name is Jesus. The prophecies point to him. History prof, you know, points to him. Your, your calendar on your phone points to him. Did you know that? Just count backwards and you'll get to around the time of Jesus, and that's what it's meant to say. I mean, all, everything around us points back to Jesus Christ today. And we've got to focus on that because the hope we have is in Jesus. It's never going to be in school or science or, or government. Like I said earlier, the, the hope of science I read this earlier today. The hope of science is that what I read earlier today is that they scientists believe that eventually human life and eventually all life on Earth will not survive because the planet will get too hot. And it's not really all about climate change in this case. It's just the trends of what is happening. And when do you think that's going to be when the average temperature on Earth is 150 degrees? They think it's about 250 million years from now. I don't think we should worry about that too much right now, right? I mean, that, that's the idea. But see, that's the hope of science. See, other science will tell you that eventually the sun is going to explode. And when that happens, then bye-bye to everything in our solar system has gone. The planets are gone. Everything in the solar system is completely wiped out when that happens. That's the best you get from science when it comes to hope. That's the destiny of humanity. That's the destiny of everything on earth and everything we believe. If science is it, if there's no God, if there's no everlasting life, if there is no spiritual truth, uh, cosmic truth in the universe. Well, we believe that there is, okay? So that's where our hope is. In the meantime, we got to live now. And as Christians, we got to stay focused, I think, on those things. And when we speak to the culture, when I'm reading this article, he spends most of the rest of the article criticizing one side for all the misinformation that went around during the uh, the COVID. But he doesn't mention that there was misinformation on all sides. And I think that's part of the problem is that he doesn't acknowledge. Like, you know, there's my favorite conspiracy theory. I got two. I got two really good conspiracy theories that are my favorite from the COVID. You may not even remember these. These are my favorite. One was a bigger deal in Europe. 
And the idea was that the COVID virus is actually being spread by 5G cell towers and that the new 5G technology, and they're putting up all these new cell towers, is what actually is giving everybody the COVID. And there were people in Europe burning down these towers because they thought that's where the COVID came from. My other favorite one is that these towers are communicating, it's, con- it's connected, and that the reason for everybody having to wear masks is that on a typical mask, you have this metal bar that's like aluminum, and it's inside the, the mask, right? If you go to Costco and you buy that box of masks, the one that it says right on the box doesn't prevent disease. You you put the mask on, and then you you tighten that metal strip across. You know what I'm talking about? So there's that metal strip. It's on most masks, and you, you, you fold it over your nose, and you press it out, and uh, that helps the mask fit better. The conspiracy theory that I thoroughly enjoyed was that that piece of metal in there is actually an antenna that is receiving the secret government code from the 5G antennas that is then going into your brain and uh, convincing you to be a robot for the government. There are people who believe that. Okay, stop it with that crazy stuff. Uh, That's not true. And this guy's not talking about that. He's talking more about, you know, different things that people said, but there were stuff all over the place that was turned out to be wrong. See, and some of the people who challenged COVID policy and ideas about vaccine mandates and stuff, some of those people were right. And I think that you do better. So he's writing this article to try to say, we got to save science and we got to save scientists. I think that if you want to do that, and I think the same is true in government, same is true in schools, and the same is true even for church, is that if you want to restore the institution you got to say, I was wrong whenever you were wrong. You got to say, and I'm sorry for telling you that you were wrong. You got to say, I'm sorry for forcing you into a belief that turned out not to be true. And if you don't do that, then you're not going to build credibility. You're not going to restore the scientific community that, as he points out, has a lot of trouble. Do people um, live now, do Americans live now suspect of what the Center for Disease Control says about things? Yes, they do. That I don't think that was true to a big extent before the COVID. It is true now. And you know what part of the problem is? It's part of the problem is, is if you go to the CDC website and you want to learn about childbirth, it, doesn't, it took out the word mother, and now it uses the word birthing persons because apparently men can have babies. Why should I trust a scientific organization that does that? You can read all about that in Newsweek. It's a political de- decision that the Biden administration put in in 2021. See, it's not science. It's politics. It's a political agenda. And so how is it that our leading organization that is about science wants to describe mothers as birthing people? It's politically defined and not scientifically decided. It makes you wonder, right? So the problem is with when you lose credibility in institutions, it makes you wonder. And that's something that's missing from this article. See, the, the author does not acknowledge the many criticisms that turned out to be true. In an article in the Washington Post, the liberal Washington Post, in the summer of 2022, so over a year ago, the article quoted the FDA's top two vaccine regulators, Dr. Marion Gruber and director of the FDA's vaccine office and her deputy director, Dr. Philip Krauss, who both quit. And they quit over the political pressure to authorize vaccine boosters in young people because they said the data tells us not to do this. And yet you're telling us we have to do this. See, you have to acknowledge that. They go on to describe the politics and the pressure of COVID, an organization called the Free Press, which is a left-leaning news source, formerly known as Common Sense Media. 
they quote many scientists from the CDC and the NIH, which is the National Institutes of Health, of people extremely frustrated, scientists working there who are frustrated with the political and non-scientific decisions being made for political reasons. One uh, National Institutes of Health scientist said in that article in the Free Press, there is a silence and unwillingness for agency scientists to say anything, even though they know that some of what's being said out of the agency is absurd. That's a strong statement coming from a scientist, that it's absurd. That means it's not backed by data at all. See, this is significant. And if you want to save science, like this article says, and I think you can take the same discussion and apply it to church, you can apply it to government, you can apply it to schools, you've got to make sure that you are backing up and saying, hey, we got this wrong. This was wrong. We Here's the reasons, or here's where we were politically influenced or influenced by other things. And uh, we have removed that, and now we're going forward. He ends the article by saying that the leaders of the CDC and the FDA and the NIH should welcome internal discussion, even dissension, this is the free press, based upon the evidence. Silencing physicians is not following the science. Less absolutism and more humility by the men and women running our public health agencies would go a long way in rebuilding public trust. I agree with that. I think that to restore what we have lost and are losing in our institutions. And it matters. You don't have a country if you don't. The country will not be here. And freedom will go with it in our case. If you have some humility in presenting things, I think it goes a long way. I think people respond well to humility, actually. I think people respond well when you say, I'm sorry. I think people respond well when you say, I got it wrong. I had bad motivations. I had this. I think people respond really well to that. You know, I think they don't respond to is that when you continue absurdities that everybody knows is absurd, and yet you continue that. When we come back, I got a, uh, I got something for you on that, where the Los Angeles Unified School District got smacked down by justices in the Ninth Circuit Court, which is liberal court, about absurdities that they're still trying to put forward, even though everybody, including scientific organizations, don't agree This has to be addressed, and this is something I think for all of us to think about. i got to take a break. If you want to join the conversation and add to the conversation, the number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You can watch us now on kkla.com on our live stream. You can follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Pastor Scott Show. Just look up at Pastor Scott Show. Give us a follow right now. We'll be back as the Pastor Scott Show Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. I mean, we, we've, had, we've had every other attorney in here saying there's no way we would require vaccines again today. You couldn't get away <laughs> with it. And you're up here standing here saying, no, this, makes, this is completely co- common sense. Uh, we, you know, we could keep doing, under your theory, we could keep this in place for the next 20 years. Well, first of all, Your Honor, that's nothing that was briefed. I don't believe it's actually before the court. I'm not certainly suggesting that it goes on forever, but we do know, for example, that there are COVID spikes right now. Um, so I, I can't reveal. Well, you're, you're, you're certainly undermining the mootness argument for every other case that's but, been out here. But, 
What's happening here in that case, in that uh, clip there, is this is a clip from a oral argument that was made in the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals in a case that's winding through it right now called Health Freedom Defense Fund versus LAUSD COVID vaccine mandate. And uh, that's Los Angeles Unified School District. And what's happening is that LAUSD today, 2023, is still firing experienced teachers over the COVID vaccine mandate, while at the same time advertising that they're hiring teachers and offering $5,000 bonuses to brand new right out of college non-credentialed teachers. Okay, and so what's happening, though, is that they are being sued because you have a whole bunch of teachers who are still on unpaid leave status because they refuse to take the shot or the booster. So the argument is, is that the vaccine mandates need to end. And this is the Pastor Scott Show, by the way, number is 888-528-2557. And what we were talking about is trying to restore uh, institutions, whether it be schools or government or even the church or science, if you call that an institution, to a, a place where you have public trust. And this is a incredible hearing. It's very long. I'll play another clip for it in a minute. It's incredibly long, but you hear these justices who uh mostly liberals going after LAUSD and saying, why in the world do you still have this mandate when almost nobody else does? And the back and forth will tell you exactly the absurdity of the time we live in, where we do not see, and this is why I think we lose credibility. We lose credibility. We lose our institutions when we will not say, hey, I got it wrong. Or we just say, well, the other side has it wrong. There's a lot of other siding, right? The other side does get it wrong sometimes, but sometimes they got it right. And you can't just put your foot down in some position that you have, especially once it's been proven or where most people think it's wrong, just for the sake of maintaining your thought. And this is what I think is happening a lot. I think this happens in individuals. I see this happen in relationships with people. Like you just put, you just dig your heels in on something, even once you realize you've lost the argument, when you realize that the evidence is against you. That's a mistake. This happens with our institutions. It's happening now. This has to be turned around because there's no boat to get into to go to some other land and start all over. This has to be done now. This is the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. Tom in Simi Valley, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi there, Pastor Scott. So here's my thing. We, we talk about saving institutions and whatnot. It really comes down to you have to understand what is the purpose of government itself. Mm-hmm. Go back in history. The purpose of government is is basically to, to uh, grow power where you have it, Maintain it once you have it, and if you don't have it, get it by any means necessary. So that's what government ultimately anybody, does. That's not what government should do. No, it should, but should is neither here nor there. That's just historically. Yeah, that that's goes correct. back to what is it? That goes back to what is it? Thousands uh, of years. Art of War by Sun Tzu. Yeah, Art of War by Sun Tzu. That's how you grow a dynasty. Right. When you understand that, that's how government works. They will throw out any anything that they can stick at the wall. For that purpose. Now, I was a teacher in Simi Valley, um, and I I went toe to toe with our local district over the COVID mandates. I went toe to toe with every. They they sent me through three lawyers, and three lawyers tapped out dealing with me. Now I got let go ultimately, but basically I called them on the carpet regarding the the reason for their mandates, the reason for their testing. They had a they had an eighty percent um, vaccination rate amongst their district, 20% unvaccinated. They only required the 20% unvaccinated to test weekly, yet they had a 40 to 50% infection rate. That means that 
the infection rates were happening more amongst the vaccinated than the unvaccinated. I went toe-to-toe with the district, and they said, well, we're, we're only required by law to test the unvaccinated. I said, so are you, why? They said, if we don't, we'll lose our funding. Even the the uh, superintendent at that time said that. Mm-hmm. So I said, wait, is, is the goal here to protect our students, faculty, and staff across the board, or is it just to adhere to the laws? They said, we are not required. They kept round robin. We're just required to do what we're required to do. They wanted full authority, but no responsibility. Yeah. That's what government does. They do it top down from the local, from local uh, institutions all the way to the top. People fight for authority, but they don't want responsibility, and they will always kick uh, responsibility to some other group that they answer to. So what do you think the answer is? Because what I'm arguing here is that in history, and you, and you look at it over the, the centuries, people even, eventually that government collapses upon its own weight, upon its own uh, power and trying to do things. Every government. Right. It, it, it always happens. There's no place to go now. So I think that we have to be, we have to take a look at our government and uh, other institutions and say, what, how do we, how do we change what all well, of history has always done? Okay. So then it, it always comes back to Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and this is what, well, okay. Did Jesus stand before Pilate and argue that Caesar needed to be taken down? No, he did no. not. Did he, did he stump for any political organization of his era? Nope. No. No. Did he stump for any of his disciples to back the government's play at any point? No. Because one of the things Jesus understood was you could never reconcile the eternity of God's kingdom with the, the finite nature of man's earthly kingdoms. You can't rectify it either. So what I think people need to understand is they have to let go of the government, and that we have to start investing in each other. Like you and I talking mm. is where it starts. The, 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 I was talking to a pastor of mine today. The number one unit of structure in our society, of which our government is completely founded on, and every other government, is the family. That's right. And the, and the government itself is actively trying to break apart the family as we know it. Why? Because when you break apart that, uni- that unit, you create unhealthy families it allows the government to swoop in as a surrogate and take control of the environment. And that has and been that's what they want. Yep. And that has been seen everywhere. And I think it's part of a, I don't know that everybody would say that's what they want, but that is the path they're on. So it doesn't even matter if that's what they want or not. Yeah, right? No. And, and, and I, I hate to say this, you know, I can go back into history. We can go back and look at the politics of it. As much as I love some of the conservative politicians we've had in the past, I always go back down to, um, and I hate to say it, in the late 60s in California, when they got rid of uh, no fault, when they got rid of, uh, made divorce, no fault, mm-hmm. that right there gave, that right there gave the government f- free reign to basically say, hey, smoke them if you got them, get a divorce anytime you want, we'll take you in, and that's what they want, because it, it created a revenue stream and repeat business for the courts. Yeah. That's what they want. You know, Tom, uh, I think you're right about that. Thank you for calling the Pastor Scott Show and sharing that. I think Tom is, number one, he's right that we have to love each other, and that is going to impact, you know, whenever the churches impact 
the world and made a difference. It's because church people love each other and love their communities and care for each other. And what it does is it takes the government out, right? Who should care for homeless people and people who, you know, it's the church. It's why there are Christian hospitals and that's why the church has built orphanages and done all these things. It's not really the government's job if you were to look at what a government ought to do. But when the government gets involved, when governments get too big, they hold on to power, just like Tom was saying. And the absurdities that he dealt with are still going on. I want to play this clip before a break here. You can join our conversation. The number is 888-528-2557. And by the way, it's another topic, but he's right about no-fault divorce. That is something that is not always looked at as something that we think about in the breakdown of the family, but it's actually huge. It it And it takes men out of the responsibility of the family, right? So in a no-fault divorce, the man can be the adulterer, the man can be the one who destroyed the family, and he gets to get out of it with 50% of what he has. His wife gets 50%, but he's got a job, he's got a career, he's got an education, and now she has to go get a job, get an education, and she has to take care of the kids and keep doing all the things that she was doing before, and uh, he gets to go get a younger girlfriend or do whatever. That's what it did. That's the reality of that breakdown of what that did. Listen to this. This is uh, uh, the Court of Appeals, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, arguing with Los Angeles Unified School District about their continuing vaccine mandate. Listen to what they have to say here as they talk to uh, the LAUSD attorney. The problem I have, that's why I started with the question I did. There's, there's no rational basis for believing that someone who got a, a two shot sequence in 2021, in March, say, of 2021, has any protection against transmission now in September of 2023. There's just seems to me to be irrational. Even the CDC does not claim that a shot sequence two and a half years ago provides immunity against what's circulating today. And so you, that person is exempted, even though they have absolutely no producer. So this just seems completely arbitrary. Well, Your Honor, again, I don't believe that the issue of today, as opposed to what happened previously, is really the issue that's but been briefed policy, before the court. Your policy today is a vax mandate that is satisfied by a shot two and a half years ago. That's not rational. Well, in fact... No one that hasn't been vaccinated, not just with respect to COVID, but with a list of different immunizations is allowed to come on board. And that's just, it's a universal rule. It's applied to everyone. Of course, the other things like mumps and measles, the vaccines present, prevent transmission for extended periods of time. And there's a scientific basis for that. They've alleged that the vaccines don't prevent transmission. The CDC concedes that after a period of time, they don't prevent transmission. And yet... You're insisting on it still. Well, Your Honor, we're very concerned about maintaining the health of our staff. And until it's absolutely established that the vaccines have no effect. And the fact that 99 percent of or maybe 99.9 percent of government bodies aren't requiring mandates anymore isn't enough to establish for you. I mean, I, I'm, I'm honestly shocked by your argument. Those are the justices of the Ninth Circuit uh, Court of Appeals and uh, against the LAUSD defending a COVID vaccine mandate that is long expired reality, and they call it irrational. And yet you hear the government, in this case the LAUSD, 
trying to hold on to something that they know. This is the education branch of our government, the uh, right? Uh, trying to hold on to something that they know is irrational. And even the liberals on this court are saying, that's irrational, and they're shocked to hear it. That's why we have a breakdown in our science and our trust for uh, these institutions. I've got to take a break. I'll get to your calls. Uh, this is Pastor Scott's show. The number is 888-528-2557. We'll be back as the Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. And uh, I want to I end uh, with this conversation here. I'll take your call. I see your call up there, Craig, and others here in just a second. The We've been talking about institutions and led by the lamenting that our institutions have, you know, lost a lot of trust in things. And one of the things that I think is important that we realize is that this is not new. This has been going on forever, thousands of years. It's the way human beings work. It's the way governments work. And a lot of the arguments we have today are not any different. Okay, if you go back, and I I promise you I won't bore you with this uh, too much, but uh, if you go back and you read Aristotle and Plato and the differences those two guys would have with each other about the structure of government and the structure of the family, you'd be surprised. These guys are 2,500 years ago. They're the same same arguments we're having today, Plato would say, that uh, be more of the Marxist or the socialist, right? The common property and guardianship of kids, that the, the state should be in charge of that. Uh, the state should be in charge of how you have kids and when and all of that. And the, and he wanted a dissolution of tradi- the traditional family. Aristotle would say, no, there's a natural hierarchy and the household matters. His household is a huge deal, by the way, in how society works, if you want to study all that. In fact, Jesus are, you know, and that's when you read the New Testament, the reason that if you really want to study your Bible, you got to know what the people of that day thought. When you look at the Bible, it's written for us, that's true, but it was written to a group of people who lived then who would understand things a certain way. And they were a lot more versed on these Greek philosophers than we are even today. And the idea of what would have been called Aristotle's household or the oikos, you hear me use that word a lot, now I'm getting technical. Your oikos is the people in your relational world. It's your spouse and it's your kids, your family, but the family used to mean the people that you did life with. So it would be your coworkers and your classmates and the people that you interacted with on a regular basis. And his argument was that family, the role of the family, matters for every society and that if you break down the family like Plato would want to do or other people would want to do, you destroy the whole society because you cause government to have to or the polis, the government or police, right, to have to rule even what happens in your family. And the argument is that doesn't work. I think that's much closer to a biblical argument, the Aristotle view, and that the family matters, that we love each other, that we aren't looking to the government to solve all of our problems, that we should make sure each other is fed, and we should make sure that everybody has clothes, and we should make sure that everybody has shelter. And those things are things that the government shouldn't have to do. The people should do that. I think that is definitely something that the church is called to do. I think that when you go along that path, the path of you and I really focusing on the people in our life, our oikos, if you will, that it revolutionizes society, that it does change the course of the entire nation. If there's ever a nation on earth, other than Israel, no nation on earth has ever come back after its decline. Never. Did you know that? Israel's done it twice. But other than Israel, nobody has. I mean, other than that, I think that the United States is the one 
country that has that possibility, and it's because we still have the freedom to do it as long as we do. And that'll restore a lot. It's an interesting thing to me that the church being the church impacts the entire community where that church is located, the entire nation where that church exists. It's always been true. It's true now. 888-528-2557. Craig in Universal City, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. How you doing? I just wanted to mention that the father of education in the United States, Dewey, went over to Russia when he was studying different educational systems. And the thing that he liked best about their system was the fact that they were able to inculcate the government's point of view to the kids throughout all the different classes. And so that was the thing he brought back to the United States, hoping to be able to do was to have the government's viewpoint be inculcated in the children. And so that's the thing that we're talking about that different governments have done through the years is to separate the kids from their parental influence by having them understand what the government line versus the parental line. Yeah, I'm not familiar with uh, Dewey specifically, but what you're talking about is the same notion, the same idea that that there has always been for, for those who want power, that you have to break apart the influence of the family on the next generation, or you won't, or you won't be able to hold that power. And I think the big thing with the LA City school system is they have a policy that they want to inculcate to the children that they need to be dependent upon the shots, the government, for their health care. Yeah. And so that same theory is what they want to keep pushing. They can't seem as being able to go back because, one, it didn't work and not apologize for it. And two, uh, they want to hold on to their power. So that's getting back to holding back onto the power. The reason why they're still pushing this yeah. failed policy. Yeah, Craig, thank you for your call on that. And that is the thing with government. And that's the thing with, I think, human beings. We want to hold on to our power when we have it. You know, the power that matters is, is Christ having the power. And I don't want to say that in a way that's just sort of, uh, you know, cliche, Christianese, that kind of thing. I think we, we throw that out there, but we have to really understand what it means. And we have to understand that in this fallen world, until Jesus comes back, there is a system of authorities that Jesus has given us. And it's government, and uh, it's family, and it's the church. And I really believe, and I I think it's important for us to be optimistic. I think it's important for us to acknowledge that maybe we are in the end times and maybe Jesus is coming soon. And if that's going to happen, then probably governments of freedom like ours are going to fail. I think that's that's likely. I think that is is part of it. However, we also have to acknowledge that we don't know the day or time or hour. I mean, I'll, you know, hopefully not, but some people, maybe some of you, but hopefully not some of you, but some people were expecting the rapture this weekend because uh, September 23rd and the and uh, the holidays and the uh, high holy days and the schedule of all that, you know, September 23rd is always picked for the rapture. Did you know that? Just Google it. There's all kinds of people who picture that's the end of the time or Jesus is coming back or the rapture is going to happen. And ignoring the fact that we just don't know, and it's an interesting theory, but we just we just don't know. And in the meantime, what are we called to do? We are called to still be the church in this world. And something that I, I don't want us to miss is that when we structure ourselves the way the Bible tells us to structure, where we recognize that there is authority in the home, that the parents do have authority over the children— and that there is a relationship of husband and wife and family, and that this works when it is done correctly. Obviously, there's abuses. Obviously, there's sin. There's there's things where it breaks down because we're sinful, but it can be done quite well in the home. There is a system of 
government, where government is given the power of the sword, Romans 13 tells us, that that the government's been instituted by God. And government officials, I believe, are are uh, held accountable by God. I don't know if you think of it this way, but your, your, your politicians and your police officers and your fire department people, uh, they're all pastors. They don't see themselves as that. But other countries, you know, they call them ministers, ministers of finance or ministers of this part of the government, right? That term minister is actually a, an appropriate biblical term for what these people are supposed to be. And I believe they're accountable to God for doing things right. And when they do things wrong, it's not that God is wrong. It's that God is going to hold them accountable for governing in an appropriate way. And there's also authority in the church. And that church is given to church leaders who rise to the standards that the Bible says. And the Bible also gives a way to remove church leaders for the congregation, by the way. Uh, you don't do it by gossip and slander. You do it by two people accusing an elder of wrongdoing, and he has the opportunity to defend himself, or otherwise he, is, uh, gotta, he has to apologize to the whole church, the Scriptures tell us. There is an authority that God has given. Now, when you look at it that way, I believe, as always, that the actual hope is there, because in our faith, our faith is real, that when governments and the household and the church are structured the way the scriptures point out, which is not a lot of detail. It's just these are the areas. When they stay in their lane, when they do what they're supposed to do, you find that throughout history, the whole society gets better. The neighborhood gets better. The community gets better. The city gets better. The state gets better. The nation gets better. This is the answer. And if you're concerned about our institutions, you're concerned about the failures of government and the future, do not give up. Let the let the end times happen when on Jesus's terms. Until then, do not give up. Go back to your scriptures. Learn how it's supposed to be. And for your part, for your relational world, your family, the people in your life, do what Jesus asked you to do. Put on the armor of God. Realize there's a lot of deception around there. But just focus on what God wants you to do. Love your wife as husbands as Christ loves the church. Wives love your husbands as the church loves Jesus. Uh, take care of your kids. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Every culture, by the way, thinks children ought to obey their parents. Did you know that? For this is right, it says. You know why it says for this is right? Because every culture thinks that's right. And when you look right now at the the pressure for kids to disobey their parents or lie to their parents, it's coming from government schools. That's not right. No society has ever thought that is right. You write it by making sure that all these things are in order. We're out of time. It's a great topic. I won't get to your call, Marco, and others, but you can call on Friday for Open Line Friday if you'd like to. Everybody, thanks for your calls. This is the Pastor Scott Show. You can get the podcast by looking for the Pastor Scott Show wherever you get your pa- your podcast. You can follow us right now on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Pastor Scott Show. And uh, God bless you, everybody. I'll see you tomorrow from 3 to 5. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.